So what is it with this wreck-it joker, huh? Why'd he go AWOL? I wish I knew, ma'am. He was acting all squirrely last night, going on about cake and medals. But I never thought he'd go turbo. Go turbo? That's right. You guys just got plugged in. Well, back when the arcade first opened, Turbo Time was by far the most popular game. And Turbo... Turbo-tastic! Well, he loved the attention. Turbo-tastic! So, when Road Blasters got plugged in and stole Turbo's thunder... New game! All right! Boy, was he jealous. So jealous that he abandoned his game and tried to take over the new one. These are the greatest graphics I've ever seen. Turbo-tastic! Hey, is that... Turbo-tastic! That looks like Turbo. What's Turbo doing in this game? Turbo-tastic! Oh, come on! Mr. Litwack! Turbo ended up putting both games and himself out of order. For good. Yes, the selfish man is like a mangy dog chasing a cautionary tale. Eat. Sleep. Links. Repeat. Boom, let's party! This is the Atari Lynx Handicast. This is episode 17, Road Blasters. So gentlemen, and ladies, please start your engines, because here, once more, is your navigator for this rally, Mark Little. Well thank you Monty. So Monty, I've got a trivia question for you. Oh, bloody hell. No, no, no. It's an easy one. And I'll even give you until the end of the episode to get it right. Are you ready? Must I? Yes, you must. Okay, here we go. Out of the 16 Lynx games that we've both covered on the Handicast so far, what is the only one to feature digitized voices? I'd rather not do a pub quiz right now. May I have a pint of Guinness instead? Come on, Monty. Do give it some thought, yes? I'll give you until the end of the episode. I'm sure you'll get it eventually. But right now, I'm really revving to start my coverage of today's game, a premier arcade racing combat game for the Lynx that features a whole car boot full of digitized voices. Part number PA-2036 Road Blasters, released by Atari Corporation in 1990. I'd still rather just have a pint of Guinness, if you please. Quiet you, the episode's starting. Gas. The Among Us rules the wasteland! 
I'm gravely disappointed that you wish to take the gasoline out of the wasteland. Defend the fuel. We'll never walk away! Give me the pump, the gasoline, the whole compound. This is a land that prays for a hero. Well, if anyone's gonna get in there, it's gonna be you. This is Mad Max 2. Since I've seen driving like that, man. The warrior of the road. You're okay by me, pal. Gotta hand it to you, Trish. The last of the V8 interceptors. Every day we get weaker while they get stronger. You wanna get out of here? You talk to me. Now, to do the job, I need some high-octane gasoline. You've got yourself a deal. You can run, but you can't hide! You gonna crash? We'll crash through. I was wrong about you. I'm sorry. When it's every man for himself. And there's no place left to run. left is one last chance. Pray that he's still out there. Somewhere. Mad Max 2. Vital Statistics Here are the vital statistics that I have found out about today's game, Road Blasters. Release date and initial retail price. Road Blasters was published and released by Atari Corporation in October of 1990. The original retail price was $36.99 up to $39.99 in the U.S., and £29.99 in the UK. Game genre. Road Blasters is a behind-view, three-dimensional arcade combat racing game for one player only. Based on. Road Blasters is based on the arcade cabinet of the same name that was released by Atari in 1987. Cartridge information. Road Blasters is housed on a 256-kilobyte stereo curved-lip style cartridge. Screen play field orientation. The screen play field orientation for Road Blasters on the links is landscape or horizontal. Game levels. There are 50 levels or rallies in Road Blasters. Level 50 has no hazards or obstacles. Ports of the game to other systems. Road Blasters was also ported to the Amstrad CPC in 1988, the Atari ST in 1989, the Commodore Amiga in 1988, the Commodore 64 in 1988, the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1990, the Sega, Sega Mega Drive Genesis in 1991, and the ZX Spectrum in 1988. Packaging 
The box for Road Blasters is a regular sized, full color, standard flap tab style box, 5 and 3 8 inches high by 4 and 3 8 inches wide by 7 8 inches deep. Front of the box. The background of the box front is black. Covering most of the box front is the cover art outlined in a yellow frame. The cover art depicts a shiny red sports car. In an action shot as it roars over the road. Another car is following along the road in the distance. The red sports car looks like a late 1980s Lamborghini to me, but I'm not really sure. It's sporting the roof-mounted automatic Uzi cannon, firing flames towards the upper right of the cover art. Behind the car is a large white, orange, and yellow explosion. There are projectile trails emanating from the explosion with a motorcyclist emerging from it on the upper left, and a soaring aircraft, ostensibly the robot jet, emerging from it on the upper right. A low-mounted roadside cannon can be seen flashing a bright green light in its position along the side of the road. The road asphalt also displays small craters underneath the car, ostensibly from exploded mines. And the whole scene takes place at twilight, with the silhouette of a distant city, possibly Bubble City, on the horizon in the background against a light purple sunset. Straddling the cover art at the bottom and surrounded by a yellow frame is the standard Atari Lynx cartouche. Below the Lynx logo, within the cartouche, are the words Video Game Card in white block lettering. Superimposed at the top of the cover art is the title, Road Blasters, in heavy yellow block lettering outlined in red. A small white TM, or trademark, can be seen just to the upper right of the title. Beneath the cover art, at the lower left corner of the box, is the Atari Fuji logo and name in white, with a small white circled R, registered trademark, just to the right. As Road Blasters is only for one player, the standard yellow Comlinks triangular banner is missing from this game's box. Back of the box. The background of the box back is white. Most of the back is enclosed within a yellow frame. Straddling the frame at the top is the title, Road Blasters, in yellow and red lettering as it appears on the front cover. A small black TM appears to the upper right of the title. Within the frame are two left and right screenshots near the top, also outlined in yellow. The left screenshot shows the playfield, with a behind-view perspective of the straightaway road and its surroundings, with the dashboard controls and indicators in a strip along the bottom. This screenshot shows a desert scene with the player's red battle car, looks like a Ford Mustang from the rear, positioned at the bottom center of the roadway with the other cars farther along the road, and an exploding landmine to the car's upper right. The right screenshot depicts the playfield, this time with a curved roadway against a waterfront city landscape. The same red battle car is turning on the curve, passing several other cars on the road as a landmine explodes nearby. Again, the dashboard with controls and indicators can be seen in a strip along the bottom. Beneath the two screenshots is the following heading in large yellow lettering. Blast, Blast into, into the, the future. future. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Below that are these two paragraphs in black lettering. In the distant future, the ultimate race will occur. Half race and half battle. Grab the controls and accelerate to reach the rally points. Dodge mines and toxic spills. Blast rat jeeps and darting cycles. Acquire weapons like cruise missiles and Uzi cannons. Explore 50 levels of mind-blowing authentic arcade action. Straddling the bottom of the yellow frame box in its own oblong yellow frame with rounded corners is a small version of the standard gray and black cartouche with the words video game card in white block lettering below the Lynx logo. At the lower left of the box is the Atari Fuji logo and name in black, with a small black circled R, registered trademark, just to the right of the name. At the bottom center of the box is printed, 
Atari, the Atari logo, and Lynx are TMs or registered trademarks of Atari Corporation. Road Blasters TM is a TM of Matchbox Toys USA Limited. Copyright 1990, Tengen Incorporated. All rights reserved. Licensed to Atari Corp. Copyright 1990, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California. 94089-1302. All rights reserved. Printed in Hong Kong, made in China. Finally, at the bottom right of the box back is displayed the official seal of the FBI. Bracketed at the top by the usual phrase, winners don't use drugs. And at the bottom with the name William S. Sessions, Director, FBI. Box tabs. Printed on the bottom left-hand side tab of my Road Blasters box is a small circle with the numbers 1 through 12 surrounding it, similar to a clock face, but with the number 9 missing. Inside the circle is printed the number 1992. This would indicate that the print date for my box was in the ninth month, or September, of 1992. So it's obviously a reissue from nearly two years after the original release of the game. Above the circle are the initials GC, which refers to one of several printing houses that Atari used between August of 1987 and June of 1990 to print what is known among 2600 game collectors as the red box boxes. Finally, the bottom flap includes a UPC barcode with the numbers 0 77000 02051 2. And of course, if any of you Linksters have Road Blasters boxes with different information on the tabs or flaps, please just let me know. The manual. The instruction manual for Road Blasters is a 16 page, including front and back covers stapled regular-sized booklet manual in monochrome, measuring the usual 4 and 7 eighths inches high by 3 and 3 quarters inches wide. The manual was released in English in North America and also in a full-color Japanese language manual in Japan. Across the top of the front page of the Road Blasters manual is the standard Atari Lynx logo, outlined as usual in light red, almost pinkish orange, with the Atari Fuji logo bracketing the Lynx logo at the left, positioned vertically. Beneath the logo are the words Video Game Manual. Down the right-hand side of the manual is the ubiquitous gray vertical band with faux embossed Lynx font X's. The cover art, which takes up most of the page, is a monochrome facsimile of the cover art found on the front of the box. Inside the front cover at the top of the page is a paragraph of accuracy boilerplate. Below that is the Atari, Atari logo, Lynx, and Road Blasters copyright info. And below that is the Atari Fuji logo, registered trademark, along with copyright 1990, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302, all rights reserved. The rest of the inside cover is blank. On the next page after that, labeled as page one, and on through to page two, are the following six paragraphs under the heading, Let, Let nothing stand in your way. Everyone knew the war was coming. Tensions had been building for months, not between the superpowers as had always been thought, but between rival factions in our own government. What no one expected was the severity of the damage. Nuclear weapons devastated the surface of the planet, released by ruthless death squads intent on controlling the planet. Millions perished in a sudden flash of heat more intense than a Sahara summer. When it was all over, only a handful of decent people remained. A few good people and thousands of death squad members. It was obvious that the death squads had planned this for years. They were ready. They had developed cities and weapons impervious to nuclear war. And vehicles. They had cars that could withstand the highest levels of radiation and the most dangerous heat. They also had huge stockpiles of food and medicine that would keep them alive until the nuclear winter ends. Fortunately, a right-thinking scientist saw what was happening. 
He defected from the death squads and brought with him a small prototype vehicle and a few weapons capable of destroying death squad cars and cannon towers. Only one person can fit in the prototype, and you were chosen. Now, just for the amusement of death squad leaders, there is to be a road rally, a dangerous race for time and distance along a highway laced with deadly mines and cannon towers. Posing as a death squad driver, you join the rally, hoping to drive undetected into the very heart of the death squad territory where you will defeat their leaders. Your only helper is a small robot powered jet that will bring you additional weapons from headquarters. The odds are definitely against you. The nuclear wind blows dust across the highway. Now and then the burnt skeleton of a tumbleweed blows across the once fertile plain. The world is desolate. All hope for a decent future rests on your narrow shoulders. Sounds a bit like a Mad Max doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does now that you mention it, Monty. Getting started instructions are on page 3. Optional game controls are listed at the top of page 4. Playing the game instructions are covered beginning at the bottom of page 4 and they continue on until the top half of page 8. Page 8 includes a rendering of the playfield under the heading The Dashboard, with page 9 outlining how to control and read each of the components of the dashboard console. Page 10 on through to the top third of page 11 includes drawings and descriptions of the auxiliary weapons. The bottom two-thirds of page 11 and on into the top third of page 12 lists strategies for playing the game. The bottom two-thirds of page 12 covers scoring, the inside back cover is blank, and the back cover itself is mostly blank except for the Atari Fuji logo and registered trademark and name at the bottom left. Beneath that logo, copyright 1990, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302, all rights reserved. On the bottom right corner of the back cover of my manual is printed in Hong Kong, GC.9.1992C398102-036. Again, my manual is a reissue from September of 1992. And that pretty well completes the vital statistics for Road Blasters. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. Road Blasters, road machines with power to race the ultimate race. With shields and weapons, you attach to fight the ultimate fight. Look, the motor lords! The turbo force will stop them! Your support team is ready for action. Credits. Here's a rundown of the people credited with creating Road Blasters. Licensee. Road Blasters was licensed to Atari Corporation by Tengen Incorporated. Tengen was an American video game publisher and developer that was created by the arcade game manufacturer Atari Games to focus on the home game market, computer and console games. Tengen also published conversions of other manufacturers' arcade games, including games from Sega, Sega. Namco, and Toaplan. Most of Tengen's NES releases were not licensed by Nintendo, so subsequently Tengen faced a lawsuit because of this. 
In the early 1990s, Tengen also published several original games from various developers. The Tengen division was renamed to Time Warner Interactive, California Incorporated, after Time Warner bought Atari Games Corporation in 1993. After the business was sold to WMS Industries, the name was reverted to Tengen Incorporated. However, the company was inactive until it was finally dissolved in 1999. Besides Road Blasters, Tengen Incorporated also licensed no less than 12 arcade titles to Atari Corporation for the Atari Lynx. Programmer. Road Blasters was programmed by D. Scott Williamson. Besides this game, Williamson also programmed and or provided art and graphics for the Atari Lynx games Stun Runner in 1991 and Toki in 1992. His likeness can be seen in an Easter egg in Road Blasters that I'll tell you about a little later in the Fun Facts and Trivia segment. Artwork. Artwork for Road Blasters was completed by Robert Nagel. In addition to this game, Nagel also performed the programming and engineering on the Lynx game Toki in 1992, and he provided artwork for the game I covered in the last episode of the Handicast, Robo Squash, in 1990. Music. David Tominaro provided the music for Road Blasters. He also engineered the sound and or composed music for the Lynx titles Robo Squash and Paperboy in 1990, and for Pinball Jam and Hydra in 1992. And although he's uncredited, additional music for Road Blasters was provided by Matt Scott. Scott, a founder of Bite Size Sound Incorporated, also wrote music for eight other Lynx games. Zybots, Turbo Sub, Stun Runner, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 1991, and Steel Talons, Pit Fighter, Hydra, and Basket Brawl in 1992. And his likeness can also be seen in an Easter egg in Road Blasters that I'll tell you about in the Fun Facts and Trivia segment coming up. Special thanks. Special thanks were given in the on-screen credits of Road Blasters to Atari Games for their support and cooperation. And that completes my coverage of the credits for Road Blasters. The Atari Lynx Handicast will return after this podcast promotion. My name's Doug, and I did dumb things when I was a kid. And my name is Zerb. And I've done dumb things when I was a kid. And we talk about the dumb things we did when we were kids on our podcast, The Dumb Things I Did When I Was a Kid. On that podcast, we talk about the dumb things we did at school. At church. At the pool. By the lake. In our cars. In tents. On trains. On planes. On the playground. Sometimes when I pull my finger, it makes a sound. You can find the podcast at mccoycast.wordpress.com, which has links to the iTunes and Stitcher feeds, and also on throwbackreviews.net. This is the city, Los Angeles, California. The city never sleeps. The movie theaters, the restaurants, the parties, the burlesque clubs, the tiddlywinks parlors, the all-night wicker emporiums. They go on from dusk to dawn, and so does the crime. No, crime never sleeps, and that's where I come in. My name is Sergeant Joe Hackaday, and I carry a badge. It's not much to look at as badges go, but I'm kind of stuck on it. I was working the day watch out of the Domestic Distrust Division. It was a Friday afternoon, May 17th. It was hot, 105 degrees in the shade, of which there is precious little in the city. Humidity was at 98%. The barometric pressure was rising. At exactly 3.49 Greenwich Mean Time, I received a telephone call about a domestic disturbance at an apartment in the Cucamonga Heights section, a typical middle-class neighborhood. I left headquarters and hoofed it on out to the address. My partner, Detective Montague, was already there. 
What do you got, money? The caller is a one, Bob Shaw Mac from Racine, Wisconsin. He lives in apartment 12B up the stairs and on the right at the end of the corridor. Claims that his girlfriend is involved in some kind of cult. Listening to a certain retro gaming podcast all day and then spending her evenings buying merchandise online from something called a handy shop. Sounds like a front for some kind of demented sicko to me, Sergeant. Come on, let's check it out. Greetings and salutations to you, sirs. Just the facts, ma'am. Um, I'm a sir. Oh, sorry, sir. My mistake. You're Bob Shermack of Racine, Wisconsin? I am? I'm Sergeant Hackaday, and this is Detective Montague. We're from the Domestic Distrust Division. You make a call to headquarters about your girlfriend? Indeed I did. Want to tell me about it? My girlfriend, Maxine Levine. She from Racine, too? Why, yes. Yes, she is. Maxine Levine from Racine? That's right. Go on. She listens to this Handicast podcast all day long. It's about the Atari Lynx. I see. Then at night... At night? Yes. She jumps on the interweb and purchases all this stuff from something called the Handicast shop. She gets all kinds of things from there. Like hats? Yes. T-shirts? Yes, sir. Coffee mugs? Yep. Ballpoint pens? Yup. Water bottles? Uh-huh. Desk notebooks? You got it. Mouse pads? Aye, aye. Tote bags? Affirmative. Polo shirts? Si, senor. Jackets? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Drawstring bags? Yaha. Is this stuff any good? I mean, it's not a lot of cheap knockoffs, is it? It's quality merchandise at the highest caliber. I see. You have any proof of these purchases, Mr. Sharmack? I want to make sure she's not buying illegal contraband. Why, yes. Yes, I do. Here's her latest receipt from the handy shop. She bought the stuff last night. Let me see that. Hmm, very reasonable prices. Good variety of shipping options and payment methods, too. And all the proceeds go towards supporting the Atari Lynx Handicasts, hosting and domain costs? I believe so, yes. And you think she's involved with a cult? Isn't she? No, she isn't. We're very familiar with the Atari Lynx Handicast, and it's not a cult. It's a normal, run-of-the-mill, retro gaming podcast about an underappreciated retro handheld console. Ooh, most of the squad members, except for Monty here. I don't have internet. Most of them back at headquarters listen to the Handicast every month. Ooh, and now I need to take this receipt back to headquarters. As evidence? No, I want to buy some of this stuff for myself. I'm a Lynx head from way back. Don't worry about Maxine. She's okay. And she sounds like my kind of lady. Treat her right. Thank you. I will. That's a relief, Sergeant. All in a day's work, Mr. Shermack. You can find any and all officially branded Atari Lynx Handicast merchandise at the Handy Shop. Check it out at atarilynxhandicast.net slash handyshop. Playing the game. Road Blasters is a racing game combined with combat elements, so the basic rules for playing it and the strategies employed to win it are fairly straightforward. Object of the game. Per the manual, the object of the game is to complete a 50-level road rally in Death Squad territory while blasting opponents off the road without crashing or running out of fuel. Use the joypad to control your prototype red battle car in the race for truth, justice, and all that is good. And the American way. Press right or left to steer in the desired direction. Press up to accelerate or down to slow down. To fire your lasers, press A, and when equipped with an auxiliary weapon, press B to use it. Title screen. After the Road Blasters card is inserted into the links, the attract screen appears. It depicts a perspective view of the red battle car parked diagonally on a red and yellow bordered three-lane road that tapers off into the distance against the purple, gray, and green skyline of Bubble City on the horizon. 
horizontal bands of green grass fill out the rest of the terrain along both sides of the road. The title Road Blasters in large red and orange textured block lettering appears at the top of the screen across the dark blue sky. A small red TM, or trademark, is situated above the last letter in the title. Below the title, in small white capital lettering, is Matchbox Toys USA Limited, copyright 1990, Tengen Incorporated, all rights reserved, licensed to Atari Corp. Across the bottom of the screen is a horizontal dashboard indicating the following metrics from left to right. The score multiplier, which indicates a number in lime green from 1 to 10. The score equals the multiplier times the point value of the object destroyed. Accurate shooting increases the multiplier from the beginning value of 1 to as high as 10. The mine sensor, which indicates nearby mines by emitting a buzzing sound and flashing solid red. The fuel gauge, which shows the amount of fuel remaining via yellow bars. The right half of the gauge shows the main fuel tank. The left half shows the reserve fuel tank. Reserve fuel is awarded based on the score when crossing a rally point. When low on fuel, the low fuel sensor will flash and buzz. The weapon bar underneath the fuel gauge, which shows the currently enabled special auxiliary weapon and the number of times it can be used in yellow. If no weapon is present, it displays catch special weapons in light gray lettering. The speed indicator, which shows the current speed in lime green font, and the high score indicator, which shows the current score in a lime green font. If any button is pressed, or if no button is pressed after about three seconds, the title screen appears and the title music begins. This screen is identical to the attract screen except that press A or B to start appears just above the dashboard in white flashing capital serif lettering. If no button is pressed within a few seconds, a new screen appears as the music continues to play. The new screen depicts the desert region, a mostly purple landscape with red, brown, and orange mountains in the distance, all against a sunrise or sunset horizon. The title Road Blasters appears in the same lettering as before across the top of the screen. Straddling either side of the purple terrain are two red battle cars, parked at mirrored downward angles. As the title music continues to play, the game's credits roll upward from the bottom of the screen in large white lettering in between the two cars. The credits are for the programmer, the artwork, the title music, and a special thanks to Atari Corporation, followed by a yellow representation of the Atari Fuji registered trademark logo. If no button is pressed at this point, the title music stops and the enemy screen appears. The enemy screen. This screen with a purple background depicts representations of the hazards positioned around the outer edges of the screen along with their score values all under the heading the enemy. Pictured clockwise from the upper right are a blue sedan 100 points, an orange racing car 50 points, a small circular yellow and red spiker, a flat blue and gray oil slick, a small circular orange and blue mine, an orange and yellow motorcycle, 50 points, a sleek yellow sports car, 50 points, and a multicolored roadside cannon, 200 points. Score equals points X multiplier flashes in small white capital lettering in the lower middle. 
Interestingly, the manual does not have any reference to the yellow sports car pictured on this screen. Also, there is no green car pictured on this screen, although it is listed under scoring in the manual. Perhaps the original color of the car was going to be green and the programmers changed it after the manual was done. I also didn't see anything that looked like a rat jeep on this screen, although it is mentioned in the manual. There is also no mention in the manual of the circular spiker or the oil slick that are both pictured on this screen, although the manual does say that there are, quote, other hazards. In any case, if no button is pressed during this screen, the game cycles back to the title screen and the title music begins again. Pressing either the A or B button, however, advances the game to the warp screen, or the wrap screen, as one page misnames it in the manual. The warp screen. The first warp screen begins with the warp screen music. The screen has a wide black band across the middle with three levels or rallies listed. On the left in this band is written Bubble City Level 1 Rookie. In the center is Forest Sector Level 4 Veteran plus 50,000. And on the right is Desert Region Level 11 Expert plus 200,000. The default center option is indicated with white brackets above and below. The player moves the D-pad left or right to toggle between the three choices. The highlighted option is in white while the remaining two options are in blue. Above the black band across the top is depicted a landscape of sky, mountains, and grass in light purple, blue, and green. In the upper right is a number in yellow that corresponds to the highlighted level. Below the black band across the bottom is the dashboard. Just above the dashboard is press A or B to begin play in small white capital block lettering. After a player chooses a level option with the D-pad and then presses either the A or B button, the main gameplay screen is depicted. Gameplay mode. The gameplay screen depicts the same perspective view as the title screen with the three-lane road and the dashboard across the bottom. The player's red battle car appears idling, angled upward in the middle of the roadway at the bottom just above the dashboard. Pressing up on the D-pad accelerates the car and the race begins. The player continues to press up on the D-pad until the speed indicator on the dashboard shows the desired speed. Then the player releases the accelerator. The car's high-powered sensors will maintain that speed until the player changes the speed with the D-pad, the player's car hits a vehicle or other hazard, or if it runs out of fuel. If a player wants to slow the car down, pressing down on the D-pad decelerates the car. The red battle car comes equipped with a limitless high-powered laser, triggered by pressing the A button in which to blast other cars and hazards away. As the player races along the roadway, he or she should destroy as many cars as possible as they whiz by and in front, whether they be cars or motorcycles. It pays to be accurate when shooting. As shooting accuracy increases the score multiplier. Wild uncontrollable shooting may be a good way to let off a little steam, but it will also decrease the multiplier. As a player approaches the finish line, a steadily increasing drumming sound can be heard. 
when a player finishes a rally, the player's car will spin around on the checkerboard pavement beyond the finish line, and the rally completed music plays, which is identical to the warp screen music. The dashboard will then move up the screen revealing a black view screen on which the rally's statistics are displayed under the name and number of the rally just completed. The rally name is displayed in large blue capital serif lettering and the rally number is displayed in the same font in yellow. Below that is a series of yellow divider icons with the rally's score underneath that again in blue. At the bottom in small white capital block lettering is a message about the next rally along with a digitized voice of that message. There are several digitized voices in the game depending on which rally is about to begin. I've dispersed several of these messages throughout this episode, so keep an ear peeled for them. At this point, pressing any button causes the view screen to descend back down and the next rally then begins. Power-ups. The player's red battle car is strong and cannot be destroyed in a crash. But there are several power-ups available in Road Blasters as well, some more useful than others. The most common power-ups in the game are fuel globes. Players should take care to watch the fuel gauge at all times. No fuel. The red battle car is powered by radioactive fuel and, as such, players have to keep their eyes peeled for both green and red fuel globes that dot the roadway as they race along. The green fuel globes are placed in the road at the beginning of each rally, and the red fuel globes result in destroying certain enemy vehicles. Ramming a green fuel globe or a red fuel globe bursts the globe and causes the radiation to leak out so that it can be quickly absorbed by the red battle car's battery. In addition, every time a player crosses a rally point, which is positioned roughly halfway between the starting and finish lines, the player's car will be zapped with enough radiation to re-energize the vehicle. And speaking of fuel, some levels are actually bonus fuel levels. These levels begin when the car's digitized voice computer says, Sensors detect fuel globes. Players begin these levels with less fuel than normal, but the player will find more fuel globes than usual on the road. Players must be on a constant lookout for globes if he or she wants to save the world. Well, find a globe to save a globe. Got it. If the fuel in a player's car runs low, a buzzer will sound until either a fuel globe is retrieved, the car crosses the rally point, or the car completely runs out. If a player completely runs out of fuel during the middle of a rally, the race pauses and a continue message appears across the screen in small white capital block lettering saying, Fuel empty, press A or B for continue, followed by a red number from 1 to 4. Each time the continue option is used, that number decreases by 1. Below that message is a beeping counter that counts backward from 9, allowing the player time to choose whether or not to press a button to start the rally over from the beginning. The player can use the continue option four times during a game. However, if a player runs out of fuel during the fourth continue, the game ends with a game over message in large white capital serif lettering across the screen. But the most useful power-ups in the game are the auxiliary weapons. From time to time, the red robot-powered jet will fly over the player's battle car to drop one of four different auxiliary weapons. The player should try to catch the weapon for increased power by positioning the battle car underneath the jet. If caught, 
The weapon retrieved is indicated in yellow below the fuel gauge in the dashboard, along with the remaining ammunition for that weapon. The player can then use the B button to engage the weapon. Any auxiliary weapon caught disappears whenever the player's battle car crashes or when the weapon runs out of ammo. Here are the four auxiliary weapons available. The Uzi Cannon, a powerful machine gun that can blast a moving target into oblivion. However, Uzi Cannon hits will neither improve nor hinder the score multiplier. This weapon has an ammo use bar indicating how much longer the player can use it. The Electro Shield, which provides temporary protection against everything from cannon fire to collisions. However, the Electro Shield will not protect the player's car from bad driving. The Cruise Missile, a powerful missile limited to three uses only, that can destroy everything for miles around, including any valuable green fuel globes in the roadway. Fortunately, the player's vehicle and the red fuel globes are safe from this destructive and highly useful weapon. Shooting it results in a cool-looking yellow explosion on the horizon. And finally, the Nitro Injector, which was invented by scientists who wanted to get home before their dinner got cold. This useful weapon helps the player cover a long distance in a very short time, as long as there's nothing in the way. Hazards. As the player goes through each level, or rally, the number and ferocity of hazards increases thwarting the player's attempts to garner a high score or even to finish the level. The most common hazard is crashing into other vehicles on the roadway. I did that a lot. Including ones merging onto the roadway from the left or right without a care in the world. Here are some of the other hazards in Road Blasters. Blue cars, which are driven by death squad leaders and can only be destroyed by an electro shield or cruise missile. Shooting at it with the battle car's high-powered laser and the ammo simply bounces off the blue car harmlessly. Roadside cannons, which dot the side of the roadway in some levels, can be destroyed if the player slows down enough to get a couple of good shots in at him. But it's important to remember that those cannons do shoot back. Oil slicks, which slow the player's battle car down whenever they are traversed by spinning the car around 360 degrees. Otherwise, they're mostly harmless. Spikers, which are red and yellow spheres in the roadway that apparently flatten the battle car's tires. I say apparently because I've played Road Blasters a lot over the last month, and I have yet to see one during gameplay. And they're not mentioned at all in the manual. And finally, and most notoriously, the mines, which are blue and orange spheres sitting in the roadway that blow up the battle car when hit. It's essential that players listen and watch for the dashboard mine sensor. Every car should have one of those babies. Of course, at high speeds, mines may not be detected until it's too late. Scoring. During gameplay, players receive points for the objects they destroy. The score is the point value of the object times the score multiplier that is displayed on the dashboard. The point values of the objects are green cars, 50 points, orange cars, 50 points, motorcycles, 50 points, rat jeeps, 50 points, blue cars, 100 points, and roadside cannons, 200 points. Game strategies. Here are some of the strategy tips from the Road Blasters manual. Speed is vital. You will not have enough fuel to finish the race if you do not make it to the rally points quickly. Don't waste your auxiliary weapons. If you can shoot your laser, do it. That helps your multiplier anyway. Don't catch a new auxiliary weapon if you like the one you have. You can only carry one at a time. Straddling the dotted line sometimes helps you avoid mines, 
Of course, that's not easy to do when going around a curve at top speed. Even this does not always work. However, some mines are placed right on the lines. Finally, you can earn lots of points by destroying cannons. However, it's not always worth your while to do so. Game ending. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. The player loses if he or she fails to finish a rally during the fourth continue. On the other hand, the player wins if he or she reaches the finish line safely in Rally 50. When this happens, the dashboard moves up as usual and the resulting view screen displays Final Rally Bonus and a flashing 1 million all in large yellow capital block lettering all while the game completed screen music plays. After the music is over, the game returns to the silent attract screen that was seen at the beginning of the game. And that, drivers, is how you play Road Blasters. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. On some Atari Lynx games, you can link up four players. But there's only ever one winner. Atari Lynx, the portable video arcade. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Reviews and Ratings The reviews that I found for Road Blasters were almost universally positive, and there were quite a few of them. As I highlight the reviews I found, please remember that links to all of them can always be found in the links links in the show notes. So let's get started. Review. The review crew on page 22 of the November 1990 issue number 16 of Electronic Gaming Monthly Magazine gave these assessments of Road Blasters. Steve gave the game an 8 out of 10 rating, saying... Once you get used to the handling of your attack car, Road Blasters becomes great fun, a very good conversion. Ed gave the game a rating of 7 out of 10, saying, Road Blasters on the Lynx looks and plays great. Lynx players won't be disappointed. Martin also gave Road Blasters a 7 out of 10 rating, saying, 
Road Blasters is just one more example of how good the Lynx can get. Let's just see more games. And Sushi X gave the game a rating of 7 out of 10, saying, Just like the arcade quarter sucker, but on the small screen. Review. Gideon, on page 148 of the December 1990 issue, number 17, of GamePro magazine, said this about Road Blasters. Road Blasters is an easy game to pick up, but it's extremely difficult to master. The bright and colorful graphics are identical to its arcade predecessor. Road Blasters is definitely worth taking for a spin around the block. Interestingly, Gideon's review indicates that the Road Blasters cart is 2 meg in size. Every other source I have says that the cart was only 256 kilobytes. Food for thought. Review. Clayton Walnum, on page 71 of the December 1990 issue, number 39, of Start Magazine, said this in his brief review of Road Blasters. Like shoot-em-ups, every game system needs a token car racing simulation. If you liked Road Blasters on another system, you won't be disappointed in the Lynx version. Review. Julian Rignall, on page 135 of the January 1991 issue, number 110, of the UK magazine Computer and Video Games, gave Road Blasters 76% out of 100%, saying that it's a challenging game and is technically superb, with stunning graphics and great speech. It's fun, but the high frustration levels forces me to recommend that you try before you buy. Review. Julian Boardman, in the February 1991 issue, number 04, of the UK magazine Rays, on page 43, said this about Road Blasters. Once the early levels have been completed, it starts to become very testing, and actually quite addictive, as your determination to succeed increases. Julian gave Road Blasters 83% for graphics, 85% for sound, and 83% for playability, and an overall rating of 84%. Review. In an undated review at 8-Bit Central, an unknown writer in a preview of Road Blasters gave the game 4.5 ships out of 5, saying, It's a shame this game didn't see follow-ups after its initial release. Driving games are always popular, more so when you can shoot at the other drivers. Well, the Lynx did get at least three other driving games after this one, so I guess someone read his review. Review. Jay DeLuna summarized his 1999 review of Road Blasters on Game FAQs with this. Road Blasters was a pleasant surprise. The game makers could have easily spit out a piece of junk, and it would have still sold the toys. But they went to the drawing board and produced a game that's good enough to stand by itself. Road Blasters boasts great graphics, good action, and an overall satisfying ride. Today's toy makers should take note the next time they throw us a sorry excuse for a game. Jay DeLuna gave Road Blasters the following ratings. Graphics, Arcade Perfect, 4 stars. Sounds, could have been better, 2.5 stars. Control, good tight controls, 4 stars. Options, none, Zippo, 1 star. Replay, the combat element is what keeps you coming back, 3 stars. And overall, an 8 out of 10. Review. Veteran writer Robert A. Jung's 1999 review of Road Blasters, which was updated in 2018 and posted at IGN.com, ends with this verdict. One of the best Lynx games available. This is a mind-blowing, awesome adaptation. I recommend it to most video game players, fans of driving games, fans of shooting games, fans of action games, and fans of the arcade original. It's a challenging, well-balanced arcade action game, faithful to the original, worthy of the Lynx, and offering lots of hours of fun. Review. Garez, in his 2001 review of Road Blasters on Game FAQs, gave the game the following ratings. Graphics, 10 out of 10. Sound, 9 out of 10. Controls, 10 out of 10. Replay, 7 out of 10. And overall, 10 out of 10. He summarized Road Blasters by saying, 
This game is very fun. If you have the opportunity to play it in the arcade or on the links, do so. You will not be disappointed. Review. C.C. DeVille, in a 2002 review of Road Blasters on Game FAQs, summarized the game with this. Graphics aren't as clean as arcade, but they don't look as cartoony either. Easier than the arcade. Your car can go faster. Waste less fuel. 4 continues helps a lot. 50 levels is heaps. Levels vary in length. Good replay value. My third Lynx game. Played this for months on purchase. I still play it now. I have a GBA. I still play it now. Classic Lynx game. DeVille gave Road Blasters an overall rating of 8 out of 10. Review. Darren Jones at Retro Gamer Magazine in his 2008 review of Road Blasters said this. Road Blasters is not only the Lynx's best arcade version, no small feat in itself, but it's also one of the best games on the system, full stop. Brilliantly programmed to squeeze every last drop of juice out of Atari's handheld, Road Blasters is a superlative effort that looks stunning, captures the arcade game perfectly, and runs like crap off a proverbial shovel. Granted the limited gameplay, race for as long as possible by grabbing fuel orbs and blowing up anything that gets in your way, isn't going to appeal to everyone, but those that do fall under Road Blaster's hypnotic spell are going to be very happy indeed. A Defining Links game that should be experienced by every owner. Review. At Defunct Games, Cyril Lachelle, in his 2012 review of Road Blasters, gave the game an A-. He also provided this summary. As vehicular combat games go, this is one of the best. The action is fast, and there are tons of levels to master. It would have been nice to see more options and modes, but this is a solid portable game that still holds up alarmingly well. Once you play Road Blasters, you too will learn for a sequel. Review. Brian Thomas Barnhart of the Lynx Lounge YouTube channel, in his 2016 review of Road Blasters at Atari.io, gave this summary. Now as much as I like Road Blasters, as much as I love this game, and as much as I am so thrilled that it was on the Atari Lynx, does it play as well as the arcade? And the answer is no, it doesn't. It plays well enough, you'll get used to it. However, the thrill of the triggering steering is lost a bit in translation. For a D-pad, the control is very solid, and come on, for any handheld, especially in 1990, Road Blasters is incredible. If you have a Lynx, you've got to pick up Road Blasters. You can find a link to Brian's Lynx Lounge YouTube video review of Road Blasters in the Lynx links in the show notes. Review. I'd like to mention here that the eternally negative video game critic did not bother to review Road Blasters on his blog page. I would guess the reason is that he probably would have loved it. And we can't have that, can we? Well, isn't that a shame? Review. Finally, John McHugh at AtariGamer.com said this about Road Blasters in his 2018 review of the game. Road Blasters is a brilliantly accurate version of the original coin-op and maintains the Lynx quality for arcade conversions. Although it could have benefited with a bit more variety and organization in its huge number of tracks, it should challenge any serious racing fan. And fans of the original should be pleased with the quality of this title indeed. It's a great little game that even non-racing fans have a soft spot for, and it really does feel like you're back in the local gaming arcade, only this time you get to keep your coins. Give Road Blasters a blast. John gave the game the following ratings. Graphics, 8.5. Sound, 8. Controls, 8. Challenge, 8.5. Playability, 8. And overall, 8 out of 10. Mark's review. I liked Road Blasters. A lot. And it wasn't too hard to get used to using a D-pad instead of a steering wheel to play it. 
And once I got used to that, this game was and is a lot of fun. It goes without saying that Road Blasters is one of my favorite games on the Lynx. What I like? Well, everything. The sheer variety of terrains, the quick controls, the cool sound effects, the catchy music, the solid graphics, and ultimately the most important bit, the awesome gameplay. I mean, I've played this game a lot, ever since a month or two ago when I realized it was coming up on the Handicast episode rotation, and the gameplay never gets old or repetitive to me. Now, I never played the original arcade cabinet, so I don't have that to compare this port to, but that's okay. This is a solid and fresh, fun-to-play game all on its own. What I don't like? Well, nothing really. A few reviews I've just outlined lament the game's frustrating difficulty or its lack of options. But that was fine with me. Road Blasters builds up the difficulty gradually from level to level, as any pick-up-and-play title should, and not being able to choose what type of car to drive or which set of metrics to include in the rallies ahead of time just means that I can get right to the most important thing, playing the game. So here are my ratings for Road Blasters. Gameplay, 5 links. Graphics, 5 links. Controls, 4 links. Music, 4 links. And sound effects, 4 links. And that makes my overall rating for Road Blasters 4.4 links out of 5. So Linksters, if you don't already own one, run, or better yet, drive, to get a copy of Road Blasters for your links. Now. And that finishes up my review of reviews for Road Blasters. The Atari Lynx Handicast will return after this podcast promotion. Gentlemen, welcome to Look It. First rule of Look It is, you do not talk about Look It. Second rule of Look It is, you do not talk about Look It. Third rule of look it, if there's a power outage, not enough hard drive space, or the wife comes home, the show is over. Fourth rule, no more than 50 megs per show. And fifth rule, no more than one topic per show, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Seventh rule, shows will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first time downloading Look It, you will listen. Welcome to the Luggage Podcast, where all your dreams find Look It at www.serpenter.wordpress.com. And yes, it's on iTunes. I'm 82 years old, but as you can see, I'm very active for my age. I exercise, I eat right, but sometimes I need something more. That's why I talk to my doctor about tube tunes. Tube Tunes is an approved prescription podcast for those active men and women of all ages who suffer from mild to severe bouts of television theme music withdrawal or TTMW. 
This rare non-genetic disorder is easily treatable for most sufferers, especially if it is diagnosed in its early stages. Tube Tunes is not a cure for TTMW, but studies have shown that this podcast is more than 73% effective in reducing the common symptoms of TTMW, such as nostalgia, melancholia, absent-mindedness, and excessive humming of TV theme music without apparent cause. Tube Tunes is not for everyone. The podcast is not recommended for those suffering from tone deafness or an acute aversion to recorded TV theme music, both current and from the past. Do not listen to tube tunes if you're more than 10 months pregnant, if you were born in a month with a K in it, or if you possess an inexplicable fondness for Brussels sprouts. Side effects include an increase in memory, nostalgic effervescence, toe tapping, and even singing. Ask your doctor if tube tunes is right for you. Tube tunes worked for me, and it could work for you too. My TTMW is in check, I've become ebullient, and my girlfriend says that even my sex life is improved. TubeTunes is the only podcast that has helped me get my life back. Thanks, TubeTunes. Get a prescription today for TubeTunes at TubeTunes.net or at your local iTunes or Stitcher store and start living today. Use only as directed. Fun facts and trivia. Here are some fun facts and trivia that I found for Road Blasters. Prices at eBay. There were six single loose carts of Road Blasters sold on eBay over the last 30 days, three of them from the UK. They ranged in price from $11.14 to $22.50, averaging $17.42. There were five single cart manual combos of Road Blasters sold on eBay, again three of them from the UK, ranging in price from $7.65 to $23.57, averaging $16.93. There were two single CIB copies of Road Blasters sold, one in the UK that sold for $32.53, and one in France that included the Road Blasters pin, which sold for $42.93. The average price was $37.73. There were three single NIB copies of Road Blasters sold, one of them from Germany, that ranged in price from $29.95 to $44.13, with an average price of $36.34. There was one Road Blasters manual only from the UK that sold in the last 30 days. It went for $5.02. There was only one box only of Road Blasters that was sold, and it went for a flat $8. Hopefully the price was flat, not the box. There was one lot of loose cartridges that included Road Blasters, Awesome Golf, Lynx Casino, and the Fidelity Ultimate Chess Challenge, and it sold for $20.51. And finally, there was one CIB lot that was sold that included Road Blasters. It also included CIBs of Pit Fighter and Dirty Larry Renegade Cop, and it went for $39.99. Values Pricecharting.com gives Road Blasters a value of $16.99 for a loose cartridge, $28.62 for a CIB, $67 for an NIB, $11.47 for a box only, and $7.17 for a manual only. And on RarityGuide.com, Road Blasters is given a value of $30 for a new in-box copy, $14 for a complete in-box copy, 
and $6 for a loose cartridge. Prices at other retailers. Bruce at BNC Computer Visions in the U.S. is selling road blasters for $8 for a box only, $19.95 for a cart manual combo, $29.95 for an NIB with a damaged box, and for $34.95 for an undamaged NIB. You can find them through his online store on eBay under the username MyAtari. At Best Electronics, CIB copies of Road Blasters are selling for $19.95, and loose carts are selling for $14.95. This information was last updated January 7, 2021, so check the Best Electronics website for updated availability and prices. The Gamesman store in Australia is selling CIB copies of Road Blasters for $24.95 Australian. The Goat Store has a CIB copy of Road Blasters with a damaged box for $23.97. Telegames in the UK has new old stock copies of Road Blasters with box and manual for sale at £19.99, including tax. And finally, Video 61 and Atari Sales is charging $49.95 for a new in-box copy of Road Blasters. Rarity Atari Age gives Road Blasters a rarity score of 3, which is scarce. Scarce cartridges are those that you don't find in every pile, but you will find them often enough. Although you may have trouble tracking down every scarce cartridge initially, you can eventually get them all. AtariGamer.com gives Road Blasters a rarity score of 28 out of 100 for the standard boxed version, which is common, a little harder to find and starting to get some value. AtariGamer.com also gives the European Blister Pack boxed variant a rarity score of 36, which is uncommon a little harder to find and starting to get some value. And the Japanese boxed variant of Road Blasters gets a rarity score of 41, which is in demand. Not easy to find at the usual places, grab it if you see it. I've never seen it, so I can't grab it. Digital Press provides no rarity score for Road Blasters, and rarityguide.com gives a rarity rating of 52% out of 100% for Road Blasters. High scores. Interestingly, there are no high scores listed for the Atari Lynx port of Road Blasters on HighScore.com. Also interestingly, there were no high scores recorded on Twin Galaxies for the Atari Lynx version of Road Blasters either. Here are the high scores I found listed for Road Blasters on the Atari Age Lynx High Score Club, which was compiled in 2008. Darth Calvin scored the highest at 91,160 points. Shadow 460 scored 59,190 points. Attic Gamer garnered 52,150 points, Lord Thag scored 41,550 points, and Darth Kerr scored 23,300 points. My high score for Road Blasters was 14,160 points starting from Rally 1, Rookie. I was able to make it up to Rally 7 in that session, which was on May 16, 2021, but I did have other good scores too that were just slightly lower. Cheats, Hints, and Easter Eggs I was able to find a level skip cheat and easter egg combination listed in atariage.com for Road Blasters. Here's the easter egg. You start the game normally and choose the rookie starting area which is Rally 1, Bubble City. Accelerate the car while holding down the B button until you reach about 25 to 50 miles per hour. Then steer the car so that it is riding on the shoulder of the road. Keep holding down the B button. Eventually you will hit one of the trees growing on either side of the road. When you do this, the game will pause and the screen will change to a digitized monochrome photo of one of the programmers. Near the top of this screen is the message Ghost in the Machine in small red block capital lettering twirling vertically. Below that is Press A to Resume in slightly larger blue block capital lettering 
twirling horizontally. If you hit a tree on the right shoulder, the picture shown is of D. Scott Williamson, the programmer for Road Blasters. And if you hit a tree on the left shoulder, the picture shown is of Matt Scott, who provided some of the additional music for Road Blasters. And here's the level skip cheat. While on this screen, you will see a number in the upper right hand corner, indicating one level higher than you are currently in. So it should display the number two. Gently tap on the option one button to move the number higher or the option two button to move the number lower. Remember to tap the option keys gently because this function really zooms through the level numbers. Once you get to the level you want to play, press the A button. That will put you back in the game, allowing you to continue to finish level one. Then the next level will be the level above the one you chose. For example, if you picked level 48, after you finish level one, you'll be on level 49. I was able to see the programmer's photos and to do the level skip cheat with no problem on my original hardware. Pretty cool. So, you're a cheater. Well, to paraphrase Paul McCartney, I'm a lover, not a cheater, Michael. Or, um, Monty. Quite. So with that bit of info, I have completed the fun facts and trivia for Road Blasters on the Atari Lynx. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. The Atari Lynx sound quality is so good, it makes every game seem more realistic. Atari Lynx, the portable video arcade. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Listen to feedback. I did get quite a bit of feedback since the last episode of the Handicast. So, let's hear what my listeners have to say about this month's game, Road Blasters, last month's game, Robo Squash, and any other Atari Lynx games. YouTube comments and reviews. Here's a comment I received from Henry Sanchez on the YouTube video of episode IN01, interview with Chuck Somerville and Alex Rudis, which I had posted in September of 2018. He said, Did he really blow on his Lynx through the interview, smiley face? And I responded, Yes, I believe he did. Must have been dusty, smiley face. Facebook comments and messages. After purchasing a mug from the handy shop, Eric Perez posted a picture of it on the Atari Lynx Sector Facebook page with his extensive Atari Lynx collection. Here's what he said. Today I got my official Atari Lynx Handicast coffee mug. I love Mark Little's podcast and I'm very thankful for every episode. Thanks. Well, thank you, Eric. I hope you enjoy the mug too. I did hear from Scott Rhodes, the veteran Atari instruction manual writer, from whom I've received comments about past Lynx games I've covered. He contacted me via Facebook Messenger to say that he vaguely remembered working on the instruction manual for Road Blasters. Here's what he said. I don't have any strong memories of the writing process for Road Blasters, other than it being a ton of fun. I just now tried to find the manuals for the other systems online to confirm something. 
It seems to be a good example of something I always tried to do, which was to create a story and mood to add something to the gameplay. I don't see that post-apocalyptic storyline in other manuals. I only found one so far, though, so it looks like I might have made it up myself. Well, thank you, Scott, for your memories. And to all my listeners, I will just say that you have not heard the last from Scott Rhodes on this podcast. More about that later. Hint, hint. After I posted the usual goofy photo of myself soliciting feedback for Road Blasters on the Atari Lynx Homebrew Facebook page, I got this comment from Mark Hemingway. Even though it's been almost 30 years, over 30, thoughtful face, I still try and get the nitrous to fire just before the finish line to hear the computer voice say, Now that's cruising, smiley face with sunglasses. Well, you're a better Road Blasters player than I am, Mark. On the same post, but on the Atari Lynx Sector Facebook page, Kieran Hawken commented, Oh, I'll have to get on this. Road Blasters was the very first Lynx game I bought after getting my console. And Kieran did provide an email story about Road Blasters, which I will read out shortly. And on the same post on the Atari Lynx fans Facebook page, Bill Kendrick sent a graphic of the mailbox with You've Got Mail on it, along with the comment, Awesomely coincidental source, logolinks.com. Not sure what Bill was meaning there, but I responded, I got it, I got it. Thanks so much, Bill. Smiley face, thumbs up. Referring to the email feedback that he sent about Road Blasters, which I will also read out in a little bit. Reddit comments and messages. Pilo2001 provided some feedback about the last game I covered, RoboSquash. He said, A disappointing game, in my honest opinion. It doesn't allow control precisely how to send the ball back. I responded, yeah, that seems to be one of the game's biggest drawbacks. He wrote back, well, yeah, it's just key for the gameplay of such a game. By the way, congrats on your podcast. They rock, smiley face. I responded, thanks. I appreciate that comment, smiley face. And after posting my goofy photo soliciting feedback for Road Blasters, Altered Beast OG said, the controls are amazingly responsive. Indeed they are. Twitter tweets and messages. On Twitter, in responding to my usual goofy photo soliciting feedback for Road Blasters, Peter Fletcher said that it was one of my favorite games. Thanks, Peter. And Atari Club said, love this game. Yep, and if you haven't already heard, it's one of my faves too. Emails. You've got mail. I received no less than four emails about Road Blasters from my listeners. The first one was from Derek Dash. Here's what he said about Road Blasters. Great podcast. Just started listening. My memory of Road Blasters is fuzzy as it has been many years since I played it, but I do recall that it was one of the games that I spent the most time playing. It keeps you on your toes, that's for sure. Make sure you keep your eyes on the edge of the road where the game designers like to hide fuel orbs. Long live the Lynx. Derek, Brandon, Manitoba. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts on Road Blasters, Derek, and it's especially great to get some Lynx feedback from one of my Canadian listeners. I also received an email from Bill Kendrick of the XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Here's what Bill said about Road Blasters. Okay, I admit, I can never remember. Is it Road Blasters, two words, or Road Blasters, one word? And sometimes I can't remember whether it's plural or not. I blame my decades of computer programming. Is it user underscore ID with an underscore or user ID with a capital I or user ID all crammed together? Anyway, I don't have much useful feedback to give about this game, so I'll keep it short. The first time, one of the only times, I saw the original arcade version of Road Blasters was at the A&W Burger Joint in my hometown as a young teen. Yes, A&W, as in the root beer. That place was a bit out of the way and we didn't visit it often, so this was indeed a chance sighting. I remember being quite impressed with it. 
the speed and fluidity of any of the best arcade racers of the 1980s, but with guns. And wow, cruise missiles? That's a bit grim in the middle of the Cold War, but okay, sure. And look at all these detailed vehicle sprites. Anyway, about a decade later, when I finally picked up my first two Lynxes, this was 1999, long after the fall of Atari, I, of course, had to pick up Road Blasters to see what it was like on the Lynx. I was not disappointed. In my point of view, it's arcade perfect. But I'm definitely interested to hear what you and others think of it, and any history that you dig up for today's episode. Thanks, as always, for a fantastic podcast. P.S. I always enjoy the groovy electronic tunes you sprinkle around your show. Bill. Well, thanks, Bill. It's always great to hear from you. Uh, to respond to your question, it's Road Blasters. All one word, plural, with a capital R and a capital B. As an aside, when I started this podcast three years ago, I knew that there were discrepancies in naming among some games' titles, among their marketing, their packaging, and sometimes even their on-screen appearance. The game I'm covering two episodes from now is a good example. Tournament Cyberball. The box, the marketing, even the manual all give the title of the game simply as Tournament Cyberball, but when one installs the cart into the links and turns it on, the title screen displays Tournament Cyberball 2072. And there are other examples of this type of discrepancy in future links games that I'll be covering. Don't even get me started on Viking Child. So I decided early on that I would uniformly use the title as it appears on screen, no matter what marketing and packaging materials may say. So I will always refer to Tournament Cyberball as Tournament Cyberball 2072. But that's me, and that's enough said about that aside. Now, speaking of A&W, yes, I do remember their chain of root beer stands back in the 1960s and 70s. I even remember their TV commercials with TV and movie character actor Mike Mazurki. And if you prodded me enough, I could even sing the jingle from those ads. Please. No, Mark. Don't sing. I could not bear it. Uh, Don't worry, Monty. I won't. For now. Finally, Bill, thank you so much for your nice words about the Handicast, and especially about the electronic music that I use as an underscore in each episode. I got into EDM, electronic dance music, about 10 years ago, and I think it makes an appropriate counterpoint to what is essentially electronic entertainment, the Atari Lynx. Thanks for noticing, Bill, and thanks again for your feedback. Please write back again soon. I also got an email from Kieran Hawken of the Laird's Lair YouTube channel. Here's his story about Road Blasters. I got my Lynx back in the summer of 1990, and the shop where I bought it, Dixon's for those interested, were doing an offer where you could get a Lynx 1, any game, an AC adapter for £129.99. The game I chose was Xenophobe, but if they didn't have that in stock, I planned to go with Road Blasters. So almost as soon as I got my links, I started saving my paper round money to get another game. About two months later, I was starting to get a bit bored of playing Xenophobe constantly and had enough save to get another game. I knew before I jumped on the train to Luton, there were no game shops in my town at that time, that I wanted Road Blasters. I briskly marched from the train station straight to Dixon's, plonked my money on the counter, and left straight away to get the next train home. I would usually stick around and visit some other shops, but I was just too excited to play my new game. The moment I got on the train, I ripped off the shrink wrap, shoved the game card in my links, and was then greeted by Dave Tominaro's excellent music. I could already see that this was going to be special. The vibrant colors, digitized speech, Smooth frame rate and fast responsive gameplay was everything I hoped for and more. I was already impressed by Xenophobe, but this was really the arcade game in the palm of my hands. When I took my links to school a couple of days later, all my friends were equally impressed, 
especially those unfortunate enough to have chosen a Game Boy instead, and they were all jostling with each other to get a go. My batteries drained pretty quickly that day, and they would many more times too, thanks to that game. It would end up being the very first Lynx game I completed. Back in 2018, a dream came true for me when I got to chat at length with the programmer of Road Blasters, as well as Toki and Stunrunner, D. Scott Williamson, and he told me about all the clever tricks he used to make that game possible. There's no doubting he was the most talented coder to touch the Lynx back then, and I only wish he had done more games. Road Blasters is still up there with my favorite titles on the handheld to this day, and I still can't help but be impressed by it. Regards, Kieran. Well, thank you, Kieran. That is a great story, and it's awesome that you were able to talk to D. Scott Williamson. That must have been a real treat. Uh, by the way, was it a formal interview, Kieran? I hope so, and if it was, and it was published, please provide a link so that I can share it with my listeners. And I'm glad you like today's game so much. I like it a lot too, if you haven't noticed. And although I haven't been able to finish the game, I can at least comfort myself in knowing that Road Blasters is a game that I would like to finish, which keeps me playing. And that is the mark of any good game. Anyway, it's always good to hear from you, Kieran, and thanks again. Cheers! Last but not least, I received an email from Eugenio, TrekMD on every social media platform imaginable. Here's what Eugenio thought about Road Blasters. Hello, Mark. I hope all is well and that you are COVID safe. As I write this, we still have well over a thousand cases a day here in Miami. As a form of PSA, I'll remind everyone to please get vaccinated and continue to take measures to lower their risk of getting this dangerous and unpredictable virus. By the way, my third try for getting Kix++ for my PSP failed. The game apparently got lost. I'm now on attempt four. Hopefully a better update about this next time. Anyhow, let me shift gears and give you feedback for today's game. For a long time, I always believed Road Blasters to be an original game for the Lynx. Imagine my surprise when I finally learned the game was actually an arcade port. I can't remember ever seeing the arcade machine, but I decided to watch some playthrough videos so I could compare the Lynx version to the original. I have to say that the Lynx port is pretty faithful to the original arcade game and it looks quite good as well. This racing game shooter is one fun game that I've always enjoyed on the system. Seeing how well it compares to the arcade makes me like it even more. The action on Road Blasters is fast and you do have to get used to controlling your car given how fast everything moves. The controller works well, so it's just a matter of skill. Once you do master the control, you can advance through the levels in the game, and there are plenty of them. Visually, the game looks really good. The graphics are an accurate representation of the arcade game with plenty of color and smooth animation. Though there is no in-game music, the sound effects are well done and there is even speech throughout the game. There is music on the title screen and in between the levels, however. As far as I can tell, this is pretty much the same as the arcade game. There is a variety of cars you can shoot on the road, but you'll have to steer clear of the limos as they are bulletproof. One thing you have to keep your eye on is your fuel gauge, which you can replenish by picking up bonus fuel on the road. One cool thing is the helicopter that brings you special weapons that you must pick up as they are dropped. As fun as this game is, it does have one flaw. It doesn't have a password system. So if you have managed to get to level 49 and you die, that's it. You have to start all over again. I suppose that shouldn't be a surprise since this is an arcade port. At least you can choose your starting level before you start to play, something the arcade original also offers. So that's all for today. Going to the final frontier, gaming. Eugenio. Thanks Eugenio for your feedback about Road Blasters. 
Your emails are always interesting, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share them with me and with the rest of my listeners. I'm sorry things are not going well in Miami regarding COVID. Perhaps by the time this episode is released to the feeds, it will have improved there for you. I sure hope so. About your feedback, I actually can imagine your surprise at discovering that Road Blasters was an arcade game. I never saw the arcade cabinet of Road Blasters either, so I was unaware as well. But one thing that clued me in before I did any research on this game that it might be an arcade port was the word Tengen on the cartridge. As you know, Tengen was Atari's method of circumventing rules at the time that prevented home video game publishers from publishing home versions of their own arcade titles over arcade games from outside companies. In any case, I love your description of how to play the game and how to avoid the hazards. And yes, a password-based jump code would have been nice to include in this version, but I find that, as each rally is fairly short, usually less than a minute, I honestly don't mind starting over if I must to get back to the higher levels. I look at it as simply practice. And now that I know the level skip cheat, well, who needs a password? Anyway, again, thanks for your feedback on Road Blasters, Eugenio. And please stay safe in Miami. We're not quite past this human malware just yet, so we all need to be careful and diligent until we are. Adios, amigo. Audio submissions. I received three audio submissions for Road Blasters. The first one was from Bobby Tribble. Let's hear what Bobby had to say about today's game. One side effect of playing through every Lynx game is that you're also going to play a lot of the iconic 80s arcade games. We've gone through Rampage, Gauntlet, Xenophobe, Clax, and Kicks to my account, but Road Blasters is just a fantastic representation of late 80s Atari and one of my favorite games. It's a great combination of visuals, sound, style, gameplay. It has that Atari arcade magic feel from that era, uh, while also feeling like the next generation of game to what had come before it. It was pretty popular, and it was in a lot of arcades. Here in San Leandro, there was a burger place called Squeezers, uh, now Harry's Hofbrau, Uh, And that was a large building with a construction motif, conveyor belts, uh, pipes on the wall, and stairs leading to a side arcade room. My memory fails on exactly every game in there, but I remember Rolling Thunder, Prisoners of War, and of course, Road Blasters. And it was there that I first saw someone who really knew how to play the game. He was at a level I'd never seen before and was just picking off enemy cars one by one with a little pling each time. Now, I knew there was a multiplier in Road Blasters, but I hadn't really paid much attention to it before that. So now I make it a point to try to play the game for accuracy, and it really brings an extra challenge and fun factor. Another thing, I also have a theory about Road Blasters that it has an unofficial sequel in the form of Stun Runner, but um, that's too much to get into now, so I'll talk more about that in the Stun Runner episode in two years? Well, uh, I guess I'll wait until then. Anyway, I never owned the Lynx version of Road Blasters because, like Clax, I had the Genesis version, which was a really great conversion of the game. And the only thing really missing on the Genesis version is the classic Atari voices that you hear in Paperboy, 720, APB, and the like. So I hope that's in the Lynx version. Um, You know, there's nothing better then holding the nitro power up and waiting to use it until the end of the course and then blasting it and speeding down to the horizon while you hear now that's cruising so anyway i hope that's in there so let's see how the game is to the multi cart 
Thanks to the magic of editing, I'm back. And what can you say? This is a great version of Road Blasters. I appreciate how you can just bring your vehicle up to speed and then let go of the button because you always want to be at top speed, right? Um, now the aiming is a bit tricky and finicky, but after a while I got much better at it and I could get that multiplier up to the coveted 10x. And if anyone's keeping track, my high score was 464,560 and I reached level 26 after using two warp screens. The only real negative marks I can give are to the music. I feel like they tried their best, but the links just isn't up to capturing the awesome arcade music by Brad Fuller, um, with the added problem that the rally finishing music that is there cuts out when the bonus is tallied, so that's too bad. But the voices, there's so many! I don't know how they fit all those voices in the Lynx cartridge. And for the real test, is it in there? Let's see. Now that's good. Yes! So, the real test of a great game. Do I feel like going back and playing it? Absolutely. So, yes, it's a great game. I give it 10 out of 10 Squeezers Burgers, and you better save some of them because this game will eat your lunch. Wow, that's a great review of Road Blasters, Bobby. And I love how you relate your memories of the arcade where you played it, and how you watched that kid who could pick off the enemy's vehicles without apparent effort. I always love those details and the feedback I receive. And you know, Bobby, all this time I've been trying to just get through the rallies without running out of fuel in my quest for higher points. I have not really tried playing for accuracy to get that multiplier up. Gotta try that. And over 464,000 points? That's incredible. Congratulations. And as for the digitized voices, I actually gave up trying to capture the audio of each one for this episode. There are just too many of them. More than any other original Lynx game, at least that I'm aware of. So I only got a few to sprinkle throughout the episode. Finally, yes, I guess we will all have to wait until episode 39 of the Handicast comes out in March of 2023 to hear your reasons why Stun Runner should be considered the unofficial sequel to Road Blasters. Sorry about that, but one episode a month is about all I have time for. Thanks as always for your feedback, Bobby, and cheers. The second audio submission I received for Road Blasters was from Curtis Harrod, Cujo on Twitter. Let's hear what Cujo had to say about today's game. Road Blasters on Atari Lynx, I was obsessed. Well, not me, but we'll get there. Oh, it's good to be back, Mark and Monty. Um, I have been enjoying the Handicast at a distance, but uh, I'll bounce off Roblo Squash and hit the road with you. Uh... What is it about guns with uh, cars attached to them? It uh, starts out probably Road Blasters. And then you go, what, Twisted Metal? And finally, remember the smooth texturing on Vigilante 8? How'd they do that back in the PS1 era? Anyway, Road Blasters. It was probably the liveliest racing game on Lynx. The uh, Horizons were nice. Uh, what levels are you feeling? Uh, give me 33 with those purple skies, am I right? Aside from that, um, you know, I don't have much to say. I'm going to give the mic to somebody else and, uh, call it self-promotion. But, uh, once upon a time I did do a Lynx podcast, um, and Mark and Monty, I'll sling that link to you. But the last dude to talk on that podcast, some guy from Australia, talked Road Blasters. And uh, run that down. It, it's worth it. Um, you may not hear someone speak that passionately about Road Blasters again. 
Mark, Monty, it's always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for turning up. Cheers. Oh, great to have you back contributing audio to the Handicast, Cujo. It's always a hoot to hear your voice and your thoughts. First of all, I would agree that Road Blasters has to be the liveliest racing game on the links, and that's saying a lot with Battle Wheels, Stun Runner, Hydra, and Checkered Flag occupying spots in the Lynx library. I also agree that the purple skies in level 33 of Road Blasters are attractive, and all of the background graphics are amazing, but my favorite landscape in the game was in level 7, with its beautiful night sky. Lastly, but not leastly, I really appreciate you emailing me the link to the podcast you did four years ago. I was unaware of that. I listened to it and was instantly impressed. It really transported me back to 1989. And for those Linksters interested, I would recommend that all of my listeners take 20 minutes to listen to this episode of Cujo's podcast, Squid Nova, 30 Minutes of Diabolical. It is well worth it. And the Australian dude that Cujo mentioned passionately talking about road blasters on the links, even stealing time with his kids' links console to play it, is fantastic. You'll find it at about timestamp 2140. Please, everyone, check it out. I've included a link to the podcast episode in the links links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Cujo, for your feedback. And please keep your feedback coming. I've been missing it. Well, that glorious music means that I have also received an audio submission from veteran audio submitter Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast. Here's what Shinto said about his experience with Road Blasters. The concept of a vehicular combat video game was introduced to me by Slot Racers on the Atari 2600. Not the actual game, mind you, but a write-up for the game in one of the Atari catalogs. You know, the, the one with a red cover with a blue and green border. For Slot Racers, the description says that you're firing missiles from your hood-mounted bazooka. In the actual game, of course, you're shooting a block from your block, but the power of imagination really comes into play here. And this game, listed in the catalog at least, captured my imagination. I told my brother, you've got a bazooka on your hood and you're shooting missiles. I was pretty excited. We didn't get this game back then. I own it now, somehow, but it wasn't a game we owned or played in the 80s. But we're not talking about slot racers here, we're talking road blasters, which I think it's safe to say is a significantly improved take on the vehicular combat genre. You're not shooting blocks from your block, but bullets and missiles and things from your rad red sports car. I never played this in the arcade, never even saw it, I'm pretty sure, so its brief but critical appearance in Wreck-It Ralph is the closest I've gotten. But I didn't need to see this in the arcade, I had the Lynx port, which as far as I can tell is the next best thing. I did own this game back in the 90s, but to be honest, I don't remember playing it that much. It didn't stand out as one that I wanted to come back to. My normal list of go-to Lynx games does not include Road Blasters. Well, I should put that in the past tense. Did not include Road Blasters. Maybe it's just coming off of two middling games in the past two episodes, Basketball and Robo Squash, but Road Blasters is darn impressive. Uh, graphics, music, sound, speech, gameplay, controls. This is one polished, high-quality title. And, and it's pretty fun, too. The voice samples aren't as clear as some of the other Lynx games, and I don't think your car slides far enough when you reach the end of the course, but those are just minor quibbles. I think... This is definitely a game worth revisiting, so thanks, Mark, for bringing it up. Well, thank you, Shinto. First, I gotta say that I've never played slot racers on the Atari 2600. I've got over 50 2600 carts in my collection, but that's not one of them. However, I think it would be a great compare and contrast exercise 
to see how the blocky slot racers on the 2600, sorry Ferg, looks next to the higher quality graphics on Road Blasters on the Lynx. Perhaps it would make an interesting, if not incredibly brief, doctoral thesis for some future retro gaming history student. In any case, Road Blasters, as you said, is an incredibly polished and impressive port, and it has all of those digitized voices. Whether or not they're always completely intelligible is a different argument, but at least the producers tried. And Shinto, you really, or rally, hit the nail on the head about Road Blaster's most important quality. It's fun. And coming up in the Handicast episode rotation after covering two pretty mediocre titles just displays that quality in even sharper relief. I, like you, dismissed Road Blasters as just another racing game. But that was before I really got into it in preparation for this episode a month ago. Now it is in my regular go-to list of Lynx titles. Thank you so much, Shinto, for your Road Blasters feedback. And keep up your usual great work on the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast. Cheers, Shinto! And to all my wonderful listeners who took the time and effort to share their thoughts and memories in this episode via comments, emails, or audio submissions, a big thank you. I always really do appreciate it. it up. Well, I've reached the finish line for my coverage of Road Blasters on the Atari Lynx. Please be sure to check out the show notes for much more information about today's game, as well as a list of online retailers where you can purchase a copy. And also don't forget that I provide a listing of all of the awesome homebrew and aftermarket Lynx titles that are currently available at the big three distributors of those games. Looksoft in Germany, Songbird Productions in the US, and Telegames in the UK. It's all in the Lynx links in the show notes, or at atarilynxhandicast.net. And while you're on the website, please check out the Handy Shop, the online store that Monty and I run. We have lots of official Atari Lynx Handicast branded merchandise to appeal to the tastes of any Lynxster. I mean, if you're a reasonably intelligent hominid who likes Lynxing, you're bound to find some swag there that you'll feel compelled to own. And any purchases you make help Monty and me to offset the hosting and domain costs for the podcast. Just go to atarilinkshandicast.net slash handyshop. And you know what? We'll even validate your parking free of charge whenever you stop in. So, Monty, what do you think of Road Blasters? I only have one quibble. Really? What quibble is that? The drivers all drive on the wrong side of the road. (sighs) Well, have you at least guessed the answer to my trivia question? What is the only game out of the 16 games that we've covered so far to feature digitized voices? Well, speaking as a digitized voice myself, I rather think that any guesses I make would be self-serving. I therefore decline to respond. Well, fine then, Monty. I'll give you and all of my listeners the answer. It was Clax. Yeah! I was going to say that all along. 
Right, Monty. On the next episode of The Handicast, I'll be covering the first of two soccer games for the Lynx, world-class fussball soccer. So please try to get any feedback you have for episode 18, world-class fussball soccer, into me as soon as possible. And future episodes of the Atari Lynx Handicast waiting in the grandstands after world-class fussball soccer are episode 19, Tournament Cyberball 2072, episode 20, Ninja Gaiden, episode 21, Robotron 2084, episode 22, Paperboy, and episode 23, APB. And as a gentle hint, I do have plans in the works to do more interview episodes with current and past luminaries of the Atari Lynx development community. So keep checking the social meets and the Handicast website to see when those interviews will be available and who will be featured. I've got one in the pipeline very soon. So until then, thank you all for listening. Please be sure to visit the Handy Shop. And most importantly, keep on linksing. Let's all go to A&W. Food's more fun. No, no, please, no. Make it stop. Leaving so soon? Thanks are in order for the Free Music Archive, which allows for the song 8-Bit Core by Tagirigus to be used as the opening and closing theme music for the Atari Lynx Handicast under the Creative Commons license. The Free Music Archive also allows for the following songs and artists to be used in this episode. Caledonia, Human Intelligence, The Human Race, Last Flight Home, Remix, Poles Apart, Turbulence 2020 Remix, and 2010-2020 Edit, all by Mark Burt. I would also like to thank Ferg of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast, and Zerbi of the many Zerbinator Land podcasts, including the excellent Please Stand By podcast. The help and inspiration that Ferg, Shinto, and Zerbi have provided in my brief podcasting experience are invaluable to me, and I really appreciate it. Finally, I would also like to give my heartfelt thanks to my beautiful wife, Lizzie. She has put up with me and with this strange podcasting thing with the patience of a saint, and I could never fully repay her, but I will definitely try. Nudge, nudge, snap, snap, grin, grin, wink, wink, sign them all. The Atari Lynx Handicast is a proud partner with AtariGamer.com. If you are looking for the latest Lynx news, interesting Lynx articles, a full list of Atari Lynx games, and a one-stop compendium of all things Atari Lynx, you can't do any better than visiting AtariGamer.com. Tell them Monkey sent you. The Atari Lynx Handicast is also a proud member of the Throwback Network. You can listen to all of the great retro-themed podcasts on the network, including this one, by visiting throwbackreviews.com. Just click on the podcast's link in the top menu. Episodes of the Atari Lynx Handicast can be found on Apple Podcasts. Please take time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other interested listeners can easily find the Handycast. In addition to Apple Podcasts, the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found everywhere that podcasts are sold, including Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Deezer, iHeartRadio, 
Pandora, and Spotify. Be sure to check out the Atari Lynx Handicast website. All of the episodes can be found there, including show notes and a list of upcoming episodes. You can even purchase Handicast-themed merchandise such as mugs, mouse pads, t-shirts, and tote bags. They're all in the handy shop on the Handicast website at atarilinkshandicast.net. And also don't forget to visit the Handicast blog page at atarilinkshandicast.blogspot.com. Also, you can follow the Atari Lynx Handicast on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Atari Lynx Handicast. Plus, you can also follow the Atari Lynx Handicast on Twitter and on Instagram. Just search on both platforms for Lynx Handicast. And Reddit users can find the Handicast at reddit.com slash users slash Atari Lynx Handicast. Finally, you can send Mark Little an email and let him know what you think about any episodes of the Atari Lynx Handicast. Or you can provide your own feedback about any Atari Lynx games. You can even suggest future topics or possible interview subjects to future episodes. Or you can just simply say, hi. Just write to him at mark at atarilynxhandicast.net. Thank you for listening. This is Montague Habisham wishing you all a jolly good evening. There are project there are project there are projectile ah oh, that's hard to say. Grab the controls. Excuse me. Acquire weapons like lovely. Excuse me. Uh. Is displayed the official seal of the FBI. Is mm. so it's obviously a reissue from nearly two years after the. Seriously, I'm gonna have to turn this off. Inside the front cover of the top of the page. Let's try that again. Tensions had been building for months, not between the sun, not between the sun powers. That was created by the arcade game. That was created by the arcade game ah, oil slicks, which slow the player's battle car down whenever they traverse, which slow the battles. Ah. AtariGamer.com also gives the European Blister Pack box. AtariGamer.com also gives the European Blister Pack boxed variety. Ah, boy, that's hard to say. I was able to do this. I was able to. I was able to do both. I was able to see. Both of the pro... Um, let's see. After purchasing a mug from the Handy Shop... Ugh, Handy Shop? Hey, let's all go to A&W. Food's more fun at A&W. We'll have a mug of root beer or maybe two or three. Make the perfect size from the burger family. Hey, let's all go to A&W. I can taste it now,
Links Handicast is made possible by a grant from the Telesearch Group and by the generous support of listeners like you. Thank you.